I'm Daniel. And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week we're looking at 2008's Speed Racer. Uh, young driver Speed Racer aspires to be champion of the racing world with the help of his family and his high-tech Mach 5 automobile. Uh, there's a whole slew of release dates for this one. Most notably, most notably though, it dropped in uh, May 9th, 2008, but Japan didn't see it until July of that year. And I found one screening date as early as April. But it's a 2008 movie, and here to help us talk about it this week is Reeds. Uh, Riggs. <laughs> I fucked that up already. <laughs> Y2K Survivor, self-appointed bracket king, uh, at Riggs815 on Twitter. He's the co-host of the We Heard About Pluto podcast, Jargon Boys, and most importantly, he streams on Twitch Happy Hour with Reeds, where uh, he does a shot of beer, uh, a half uh, shot of beer a minute for a half hour. While playing Goldeneye or Carmen San Diego or Beavis and Butthead or all the above, yeah, yeah. So what? What? When's the last time you did that? Because I used to love. I used to do those with you. I don't know if you knew that. I was at no. my house drinking in front of my children, terrifying them. <laughs> no, you were one of my biggest supporters, and <laughs> I, I was very appreciative of that. And yes, it's it's a thrill to be here. Um, thank you, thank you both for having me. Um, I haven't done it in a minute. I have to bring it back. I have got to bring the stream back. And it was the power half hour. And usually you're right. It's GoldenEye, Carmen San Diego, or um, the other one you mentioned that, I, that, that, that those were the only three. Those are the, that's where my video game knowledge really begins and ends. So I try to just stick to that. Well, you, you, you I loved it when you did the Sega Genesis version of Beavis and Butthead, because oh, I remember yeah. that game and I, I, and that was so, such a weird, like, it was kind of like a point and click, like Sierra mm -hmm. computer uh, RPG or like adventure game, I guess you would call them, where you got to find inventory items and you get this and then it helps you with this puzzle. And it's um, like there's very little direction, and right. like you just have to. It's so hard. I forgot how hard that game is. It's crazy. It's hard. It's hard to go back to now. You can't just pick it up because you basically have to relearn everything. But I remember I beat that. I remember having it and figuring out where all the concert tickets were and all the different puzzles and stuff. And it it just took fucking forever. And uh, I loved it though. Carmen San Diego was always fun when you did that because, like. <laughs> We're all adults and we're all educated people. <laughs> so you think that we would know like what the capitals are and shit? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it <laughs> very rarely worked out that way. It was the most interactive. Um, but yeah, it really shined a light on my um, lack of uh, geography skills, which, Did you which ever... made it interactive. Right. Right. Did you ever catch her? No. No. And I think. You know, the game that I remember playing was, you know, way, way back in school and it's different than like the free one that's online. And I would only ever stream for like an hour. And I'm pretty sure the way that game's designed is you got to play for like, it's got to be the same game, you know, and you'll catch her on like the 10th mission. But of course, I never got right. there because you can't save it. And I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to get there in an hour. And I would fail a lot of the time too, which never helped. I think you're right. I think you have to, you have to, uh, like plow through so many of her henchmen right before I mean, that makes sense. yeah before you get to her no so that that makes that makes perfect sense and i never so, said that on stream just to keep the people coming and guessing <laughs> you know just never 
Right. So but this week we're talking about Speed Racer, uh, which is I was telling you before before Danny hopped on, this was one of um, as soon as we like launched this podcast, I would post every once in a while like, hey guys, what what movie do you think we should cover? Like, what recommendations would you have? And um, we got a couple of requests for this. This this was something I feel like this movie's having a minute right now. Um, now I remember seeing it back in two thousand eight when it came out. I probably saw it in the. I know I saw it in the theater. I don't know if it was opening weekend, but it was at least in the theatrical run. And being a fan of the Rakowskis, you know they had just they had finished the Matrix, and then they had done um, V is for Vendetta, and then this I think was their their first directorial follow up to the Matrix movies. So this was still very highly anticipated and. You know, they still had a lot of steam behind them at this point. And, um, you know, I remember it being kind of a disappointment for uh, reasons that I can't even possibly imagine. But, uh, what, guys, what was your relationship with the movie? Uh, well, mine was that I never saw it before until oh. yesterday when I watched it. Uh, this movie came out in a time where... I kind of wasn't like it. I I didn't know where to put it at. Like, I I think I was in like uh, ninth grade. So like, I wasn't my like focus on uh, speed racer really wasn't there, but I watched it last night and I got to say, like, it was fun. It was definitely a fun movie. Uh, I can't, I, I, I guess I could see why it may not have done the best. Uh, in the theaters, but it's one of those things where like, I also feel like this movie kind of came out at a weird time. Like there is a lot of CGI in it and special effects. And I, I think this was during like you, you watch this movie and then around, I want to say around this time, I think the first avatar came out and you can see just the difference of budget. And as much as I enjoyed speed racer, cause I, I actually am a fan of the original cartoon. Uh, it it still didn't compete with the uh, I guess the looks, the crispness, and all that fun stuff as like other CGI movies going on around the time. I want to say a year before this, I think Iron Man came out as well. So that is another film that like you you see an aged relative. Well, Iron Man definitely aged, I would say, relatively well compared to the first Avatar because that movie to me has not aged well at all. And then. But this, like, honestly, it was it was almost like watching, uh, if if I can compare it with any other movies, it was kind of like watching uh, Ready Player One. So, like, I I really felt that, and I liked Ready Player One, even with all that CGI and everything, and that it, it made it look like a game. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what this was supposed to look like. It was supposed to look like kind of like as cartoony and fun like that as possible. And then I started respecting that more, and I liked that. I actually like that way more. And also I'm a fan of, you know, the 2000 Godzilla films. So I really can't bitch about this film that much. Uh, if I really want to get into the CGI, but uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that this film was worth watching. Now, Reese, why, why was this your, I, I contacted you about being on this episode because mm-hmm. you had posted something on Twitter about like your top 10 films of all time. Yeah. And this was on there. It certainly was. Yeah. And it, my relationship with the movie and it's, uh, you mentioned 
this movie was having a moment on Twitter. And I, I, I was, I feel like a, a part of the moment in the receiving end where I saw, like, I, I never, you know, I, I never seen this movie before until last year. Um, I heard it's, I heard bad things going in. I knew it was a, you know, a, a critical, you know, failure or, or seen as a, a, a flop when it came out. And I never really paid it much mind. And I, I, the matrix is my all time favorite movie and it has been for a while and wanted to get into uh, the Wachowski's filmography and just, you know, happened to see like people talking about speed racer out of nowhere and just posting clips on Twitter. I'm like, Whoa, this looks awesome. So, you know, just happened to check it out last year and I was blown. Can am I, are, are we allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was blown fucking away. It was unbelievable to me. Just, the color, the you know, just from the jump, from the title card, I am hooked. I'm in just from the explosion of color, and I so jealous of you, Pat. You saw this in theaters. You said like that's my one. This was 2008, uh, peak weed smoking day for me. Like I cooled <laughs> off since, but like that was my peak drug intake time. And like, oh my god, just seeing this in theaters oh, would have been so cool. I yeah, but you know what? After um after Lord of the Rings, um I stopped smoking weed and going to the movies mm. because we did that. We did that with the Lord <laughs> of the Rings movies, and then you're there for like three fucking hours. Dude, yeah. I was gonna say that's and way it's like, too I, long, I, man. I, not only am I not high anymore, but like I'm fucking <laughs> bored. Like yeah. and the answer, the answer fighting goblins. Like I should be like totally in, in, enthralled in this. Yeah. But yeah, there's no way to keep. I mean, unless you get that high. But um, yeah, now I just babes, remember it's easier. But. Yeah, I think I just remember being like, "This movie's long." Like, I think that was my theatrical. Like, I didn't. I, I wasn't. I, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't blown away with it. I definitely enjoyed it more rewatching it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't hate it, and I thought it was neat, and I liked some of the some of the thematic stuff that we'll get to in a little bit. But um, you know, I was I was a fan of the anime, and I was a, I was, we kind of talked about this before the show, but like I'm a casual anime fan in general, and one of the uh, the Wachowskis like aesthetics is that they tend to try to bring anime to life, right? And I I could definitely appreciate what they were doing in this in the uh, the comedic stuff with the little brother and the chimp. And just the way that they frame it and the transitions and everything, it was very, uh, I don't think they do it as good as Edgar Wright. You know, uh, you brought up <laughs> that this reminded you of Ready Player One. Yeah. I would, it reminded me more of Scott Pilgrim, I think. Um, Interesting. You, you yeah. know what? I actually thought about that. Like while I was watching it last night, I, I thought this maybe that uh, player or uh, Scott Pilgrim was what they intended, but this is what we got. And then Edgar Wright took their mistakes and made it gold. But I don't know. It kind of it, it gave that weird like gamey feel. And I think the reason why I compared it to uh, Ready Player One is because that helped me realize that the CGI in this isn't supposed to be bad or it, it or it is, but it's like supposed to be like what you said that crossover between anime or even manga and film. And I think that's what, like, while when I first began the movie, that's what I was kind of feeling. I was like, oh, you know, it's not bad. But at the same time, it was like, when I was looking at it, I was like, eh, it's okay. But then, you know, it is very colorful. It is, it does have that nice blend. And I thought Ready Player One was 
uh, maybe because of how many different formats it goes through that I, I, I lumped it with that. But I did think of Scott Pilgrim, but I kind of with that one, I just thought of comic book to movie, whereas Ready Player One was like video game, cartoon, uh, mm. anime, like that kind of stuff. And I was just like, OK, that's that's and also. It was a uh, it was a movie that was made like what five years ago. So I kind of wanted to get as close as I could to today, even though you know Scott Pilgrim was ten years ago. It it doesn't really feel that way either. It doesn't feel like it's been ten years for that. However, that that is why I chose Ready Player One. I gotcha. I've yeah. never yeah. seen Ready Player One, and I, that's been on the list for a while. But yeah, I actually and- I enjoyed that film. I thought it was uh, when I first got into it. I was kind of like, is, all, eh. is, all, is the D and D stuff in the movie or just the book? Did you read the I, book, Daniel? I didn't read. I uh, no, I didn't read the book. Okay, yeah, I yeah. feel like the movie <laughs> is um, is more about eighties video game culture, mm-hmm. where the book is about eighties culture in general. And there's a whole. Uh, actually, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. Uh, there in the book, one of the challenges that he has to face. Is based on um, the D and D module, the Tomb of Horrors, which is uh, the module Regis that we're playing now, Crypt of the Devil Lich. Me and Regis played DCC together twice a week too. Um, yes. Is is based on that Tomb of Horrors, where you're in this impossibly fucking complicated dungeon that you got to get through. Oh, and that, nice. And in the book, Ready Player One, he he has to go the, to get the three keys. He has to kind of go through three aspects of '80s culture. One of them being Dungeons and Dragons, and the movie. I, I think know. they they just made it straight video games because it would be easier. And he's right. playing like a, a multi, uh, a massive multiplayer online RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to special effects buttons, <clears throat> though, you know what it reminded me of is um, I can remember the summer that Mars Attacks and Independence Day came out. Ninety mm. nine, or yeah. <laughs> No, it, no, it would have been going two different places. <laughs> I honestly, I think it was '96. It was probably that that I yeah, was I still think, in high school. I think um, Independence Day was, but let me. Check. Oh, Independence Day was '96. Yeah, I thought yeah. Mars was '99, but I'm probably wrong. No, it was the same summer. And what was yep. so interesting Ooh. was their different. Uh, there was there was many an article written about their different approaches to CGI because CGI was in its infancy back then, mm-hmm. and we had seen what CGI could be with Terminator Two. In the, in the early 90s, a couple of years before with James Cameron. And now we were seeing CGI kind of let loose on the masses. And you had uh, Roland Emmerich, Emmerich and Dean Devlin doing something that was kind of realistic and blowing up the White House and doing Independence Day, right? And then on the other hand, you had uh, Tim Burton doing something that was completely ridiculous with it and doing Mars Attacks. And the argument was made was that CGI can be used in both ways. Mm-hmm. It can be used to subvert and kind of make make up for reality, right? Or it can be used to make fucking living cartoons. <laughs> and I feel like Speed Racer was more in the Mars Attacks right. camp, where Speed Racer does not look real. Right. right? right. And that's something that Danny texted me last night. It was in my notes, too is the racetracks that they use look straight out of fucking Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never, like, that's not even remotely, I mean, it's like, it's 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 it looks like a video game. It looks like yeah, something that but you, I would, liked, you would do I, I definitely like that part of it. I thought that was really cool. I actually think that, uh, I would say a little bit of 
Mario Kart uh, probably came from this movie. Like some of the more modern tracks and stuff, it definitely looked like that. And uh, that whole like desert run scene, did it not remind you guys of like Mad Max? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah. like, even like Fury Road, like, do you get, like, mm-hmm. I felt like maybe that scene, which I mean, it might be a stretch, but that, that scene right there, that could have been the scene that influenced Fury Road and that whole chase scene. Cause that's literally wow. what it looked like. Yeah, and you're right. whenever I was seeing that, and actually, uh, that to me was one of the, I think that was one of my favorite scenes actually out of the whole movie because it was very crisp, and I felt like it was probably the, one of the best parts of the film that was blended very nicely with like all the FX going around, and then having the reality of like I think Racer X was the main guy there, but, uh, yeah, like I, I just like that whole. That, that whole scene a lot and it, it maybe i liked it a lot because of fury road but either way i mean it was one of those things that i was like uh this is this is like one of the one of those top mid-2000 uh race scenes yeah it was it was it, it kicked ass the whole the there were so many set pieces <laughs> that 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 i love just like that like the desert scene and i I do think it's funny like they are like they're, they're mario kart tracks for sure and they look they do look cool on screen and I, I thought it was funny that like the only real aspects of like, you know, real life racing that they kept is the fact that their cars driving and that they <laughs> drink, drink milk at the end of uh, at the a, end. Yeah. yeah. Like other than that, everything else is kind of like the tracks and like the weapons that they, you know, it's all, it's all different. It's all made up. But right. Fun. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it pops on screen. I guess it depends on, um, on where you're watching it and and i think it's interesting too that this came out right before avatar like before like that was year before yeah i looked filmed in 3d okay okay, that one looked it up it it was yeah because avatar was 2009 okay i i knew it was around that time i just couldn't pinpoint it right yeah it was yeah right around the same time but like this is a a little ahead of its time just visually thing if this came out now or was filmed in 3d it would be even on a on another level Oh yeah, no, for sure. I actually agree with that, especially the beginning of the film where uh, he's chasing his brother's ghost. That I love that. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a very cinematic scene, and it was emotional. Like, I, oh, and it was yeah. weird because like while I was watching that, I was actually on the edge of my seat, like because mm-hmm. like I, you know, I haven't seen it before, but like I, I was. It that I think that was the hook that grabbed me into this movie, and it was almost immediately into the film. So I love. Yeah, yeah, I love that in execution and just conceptually. Mm-hmm. I like the idea right. of that that worked on so many different levels and it was such a brilliant way to I mean the intro itself is very it's very sprawling. You got like it's it's like a good 15 20 minutes that <laughs> first race where you're taking time to do flashbacks with every character, which by mm-hmm. the way, I uh young Christina Ricci, young Trixie is yeah. Ariel Winter from uh Modern Family. Um, oh shit yeah you're right yeah that's, that's yeah right. it was uh so that that intro was definitely strong um you mentioned racer x this made me wonder why the fuck matthew fox isn't in more stuff he hasn't been he in something so... since 2015 i looked up that's crazy yeah, he had a bigger part in world war z where he played like kind of like a, a rapey he he basically uh he, he provides protection to brad pitt's wife in uh, world war from... z in exchange for her being his love slave He's in Lost, that, isn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I, that's where he was. He he was. Uh, yeah, he, he said, was. He was. Yeah, he was. Uh, one hundred percent dedicated to Lost. 
but he it's funny too because he mentioned i was a huge huge lost head when that was out and he gave an interview at that time saying like he was almost like he, he was seeming like he was above tv because mm. he had like a part in like what was that one fucking movie that sucked um vantage point <laughs> I think um, he was like coming. That movie was coming out like Speed Racer was coming out like towards Lost was uh, ending yeah. or during Lost run. He's like, I'm done with TV. I'm never going to do I'm, I'm uh, after Lost is over. I'm not doing TV anymore. Just movies. And then you can see his like filmography. It hasn't like he hasn't been in a movie in like seven years. So right. Maybe that I, I yeah, that lost. I mean, for all the steam, it, it's crazy that uh that what's her name uh the chick that's in wa- the wasp from the fucking marvel movies is the only one who really had a Lily. film career yeah like what hurley was on a weezer album cover uh <laughs> fucking matthew matthew fox was in this and then i always thought who is the, who is the hillbilly guy with the long hair sawyer oh my i would have yeah. thought he would have been the next bruce willis i thought yeah. he was such a badass and nothing Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. He's been oh. in. Uh, I think he's in uh, Yellowstone. I was reading. But oh, that like makes a, like a bit part, not even like a main role. So, hmm. oh, that's a fucking that's a crime right there. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that guy. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So you you bring up the fact that this is like the, the non traditional racing movie. Not that racing movies are. I I don't know how many racing movies I've seen. Oh Wait, come Dave, on, man. I mean, they basically Fast and Furious did before Fast and Furious. Oh, Fast and Furious is something different. Fast and Furious is a saga. It's uh, I'm just saying, you know, like ridiculous it gets though, like Fast and Furious. I love Mm -hmm. them. I I I do too. I know I watch them. I do, but like that's how, like you know, that's what I mean by (laughs) they Fast and Furious did before that was even a thing. This is this is definitely, I think, when um. You were to say to it, it's so. First of all, the plot, as I as I summarized, was about Speed Racer spying to be champion of the world, the racing world, and um, he's he's already kind of an established racer when the movie opens up, and there's a, a one of these bigger racing corporations that want to hire him on and have them race for him, and the downside to that is is that they'll tell him when to win and when to lose, and if he continues to operate as an independent racer racing for his dad and his dad's racing company that he'll have the freedom to do what he wants to do. But now he's the target of everybody. So it's speed racer versus the world to maintain the purity of organized sports. And that's kind of interesting because coming from the Rakowskis, I didn't imagine them to be very uh, like sportsy people. And um, that's why this isn't like a traditional sports movie i mean definitely people see racing as a sport so this is a you know this is a movie about racing as one could potentially make a movie about football or something Mm -hmm. and really all it does is it talks about the the conspiracy aspects of organized sports being rigged right uh the financial technological component to it was interesting when when there's that one scene where the guy talks about how you know they lost a race so that stock would tank so that this person could buy back controlling interest of this company so that they could fucking develop this technology that would go on and do something different like that. It's got a very, I don't want to say needlessly complicated plot, but there's a lot going on here. And, um, once again, I think that's the the Artur aspect of the Rakowskis. We're like, this is their brand. This is what they do. When you when you heard that the the people that did the Matrix were making a a, a speed racer movie, 
how much of the matrix was going to come into the speed racer franchise. Mm. And I feel like they, uh, enough. I feel like they, they marriage the two properties fairly well. Um, and I think that anybody that's really, and I'm not a big sports guy, but people that are into sports, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about sports being picked, uh, faked, right? People talk all the time about how they think boxing and MMA is rigged. Oh, there was a scandal. The the they proved it. Those refs were fixing games back in the NBA, back in like the eighties or something. So I was gonna bring that up. My buddy, yeah. my buddy Dan used to talk about this thing they would do called the cold envelope during draft picks, where the number one draft pick would be they'd put that envelope in a freezer for an hour before they picked the envelopes out of like the tumbler. That way you knew which one it was. Oh yeah. I mean and that makes sense. So- yeah, that was something they got caught doing. Huh. Um, so yeah, the fact that they're that's the whole kind of you know an aspect of this. It also reminded me of um, Josie and the Pussycats. Did you guys ever see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll cover it. We'll cover it for the show at some point. So, but Josie and the Pussycats. You know, okay, you're making a movie based on a Hanna Barbera fucking cartoon about a girl band, right? And what they do is they make the movie about how record companies buy these bands and make them in, insert subliminal messaging into their music to sell products and stuff, right? So all of the top 40 boy bands, and this came out in 2001, where boy bands were like kind of a thing. And Josie and the Pussycats are supposed to be like the antithesis of that because they're this all-girl pop-punk band, right? And... um once again, needlessly heady for a movie based on a Hanna Barbera cartoon, right? <laughs> right. And Speed Racer is kind of, the, and I don't know if it's like a post nine eleven cynicism or something, but it's like for a movie about Speed Racer, it, it, all it has to be is a kid driving a fucking car, and the way they make it about like you know corruption, anti-capitalism. Yeah, I yeah. thought like, well, I guess you got to spend two and a half, two hours and fifteen minutes talking about something. Well, the Wach- you know. I feel like the Wachowskis, yeah, like that's kind of, that is kind of their brand. I, I, I liked it a lot. I like that, that aspect to it, that theme to, um, but also just the, they're, they're expert world builders too. They just like from, mm-hmm. they hit you with, and I know it, it can't, like, it is kind of a convoluted plot and everything, but it like exists in this world that I'm just like, I don't know. It's it, something just clicked and I was here for it. And they 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 build it like just with the Royalton family, and then then taking them on that tour, and just like the attention to detail with every single piece of decor in the in the rooms and everything like that. It just it worked for me, and uh, but it does. It is a little a little neat because it is. It's based on like you know and a sixties racing cartoon. It didn't need to be what it is, but I kind of do like that it stands on its own, and it doesn't. It doesn't make me want to get into Speed Racer. Like it doesn't make me want to go back and watch the old cartoons. It just exists by itself, and I, I like that about it. I think. Right, right, yeah. I don't think the, the experience that you get from watching this movie is not something that would be rep- replicated if you watched all of the seasons. Right. <laughs> you don't need to watch. Like I read an article about someone saying like they were. It was recommended they watch the cartoon first. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it has nothing. Like you can. This movie is completely. You know, separate. For, oh, it just has. Shares the title and they, the, the cover of the theme song at the end totally rips. But other than that, I mean, it's just like it, it stands on its own. Daniel, did you know that Racer X was his brother? Yeah, 
pretty sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's in the cartoon. Okay. Oh, so you were you were a fan of the cartoon? Yeah, yeah. I like the cartoon. Okay. Uh, my dad yeah. was a big fan of it. I guess as a kid, and that kind of transferred over to reruns with me, kind of like Mash. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So. So yeah, I used to watch it with him growing up. And uh, actually, I want to say for Christmas a couple years ago, I actually bought him the complete series of it. So I, I might dabble oh, nice. back into it because my daughter is kind of getting into uh, that like 80s cartoons. She really likes He-Man right now. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I was yeah, going to be I super just... cool going back through all those old cartoons. Oh, yeah. Was. I just picked up uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh, nice. For Connor, because he was watching. You ever? You ever oh, I saw that it? Twitter post you did on that. Yeah, he was watching One Piece, and I'm like, "This is fucking stupid." A lot of like, people Whoa. like that. Like, I've heard I, that that's a really good show, and I just it's never not. Gave they're it. lying to you. It's, it's, a fucking, <laughs> it's a trap. I don't know who these people are, Danny, but don't let them in your house. Okay, <laughs> on the uh, on that tweet when you did Cowboy Bebop, I would probably say Cowboy Bebop's my favorite. Yeah, I, um, I, didn't, I didn't know if you misunderstood me. I was definitely not shitting on Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy oh, no, 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 Bebop. no. I knew what you yeah. were saying. I was trying to tell you that that is that that one, though. That's like that's my favorite. That was cool, but we never had like that full series in high school. We had like a tape that someone bought off eBay with like a handful right. of episodes. So Avon Galleon, we had the whole series for. And Cowboy Bebop, we had like individual episodes. And Fist and North Star, that was the first. Well, Actually, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, Speed Racer was probably my introduction to anime because mm. that was aired on like Channel 50. Like that was just like on TV. That was a Saturday and, morning cartoon when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I ever knew that like it was Japanese. I think I probably picked up that it was a little weird, but oh. not. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh which they, I, I love that they did that in this movie. Yes. They, the reactions, they, the posing. They too. Yeah, they. I felt like they they executed it so well. Every mm-hmm. time they did it, I felt like it was like worth it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't one of those things where like it it wasn't overused, and I felt where or like the time, the place, all that. It was all the. It was just all right. Yeah, like yeah, when Spritel and Chim Chim are uh, going to <laughs> fight that one guy or something, and the, yeah, they do, yeah, it's it's yeah. right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, uh, it, I will say a lot of it was happening at the end, um, in that final like climatic race, and just I want to say like three racers used it literally back to back to back, and I could not help but laugh. Um, it was so funny to me. It was also because I was you know I was high last night watching it, but. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I will tell you, man, this film uh, going, I don't think, like, I, I will say this to our listeners. If you watch this film in 2008, you owe it to yourself to put it on a 4K TV and rewatch it because yep. the saturation of these colors are insanely eye popping. And I don't know if that was, you know, THC or what, but it was, it it, it's so vibrant. Like, Oh, it was just I, I yeah, I mean it was really good. It's like taking I, your eyes on vacation is just like it, it's it, yeah. it's so good. And you're right, I think the THC definitely enhances it. Yeah. Um but it just on its own, it's just it pops. It just right. leaves the screen. It's great. I, I right, was so, sorry. Sorry, Pat, you go ahead. I'll t- No, I'll I was gonna say later. surprisingly I was not high when I watched this for the mm-hmm. show. Oh. I, you missed I out, man. The, well, I, hey, I, my my life's it not was, over yet, I'm sure. 
I'm sure I'll revisit this again. Do it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I just because I've been trying to watch this for the longest time, and it just kept. You know, we wanted to watch other stuff. We were watching. You know, what's what's out now? The fucking um, the Last of Us, and it was like oh, there's yeah. always other stuff to watch. And I was always. like, All right. Saturday after Saturday morning. Like, I got up, I made myself a cup of coffee, and I was like, I'm just going to watch Speedway. And I still enjoyed the shit out of it. So, oh, I, yeah. this, this is not me telling you not to get high and watch this movie. Well, you had, you had your love caffeine guy, high. You had get your high caffeine and watch high. This movie. different. Yeah. Different yeah. kind of high, yeah. Yeah. But it's, this, still, same, it's still a drug. Yeah. It's still a drug. Yeah. yeah. The, the only complaint illegal. I have about this being a stoner movie is that it's a long stoner movie. It is. It's only well, a stoner I will say that there was a, there. I, I want to say the scene, I'm pretty sure, like, I remember when I looked at the clock. <laughs> And I want to say it was, uh, I think when Racer X showed up to their house and they were like trying to, they were like, it was more of a deep piece. Like they were trying to work together or whatever, or the, uh, mm. the contract stuff going through. I was just like, can we get back to the racing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, when they, when they brought in that other. Actor, yeah. 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 That's, that's when it kind of, Oh, what's going on here? Go make a sandwich. Come back. It'll be good. Right. 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 But, um, we have to. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we we've been thirty three minutes now, and I have to say we we're forgetting three crucial words from this movie that existed, and it is John fucking Goodman. Is just <laughs> wow, fucking. He's just so good in everything he's in, and he just crushes it. It's probably my favorite part of the movie, just in terms of performance and acting. When he just when that guy comes in at the end, and he just. Uh, just throws him out the window or something, or just is like whipping him around his head. Right, it's great. It's well, great. I mean, let's talk about the uh, fight scenes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Everybody knows karate as they should. Yeah. Right. Um, Everybody, yes. <laughs> that's just <laughs> like that's one of the uh, like the Wachowski like signatures, right? Like that's what they mm-hmm. do. They they just make great. They they choreograph great fight scenes. Well, that's people in Chicago. They're from Chicago, and everyone here oh. knows karate. You know karate, yeah. right? I mean, I think you have to. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen on the L. You know, before Just yeah, before karate. you get your before you get your CTA card, you gotta right. you gotta get your yellow belt. Not yeah, only when you go out and get your license. Uh, it's not just an organ donor. You also have to get the check mark by the K. There's a practical exam. It's well. like karate. It's like a K and a T. What current belt are you? Yeah, like there's that. Yeah, like that puts it on the side. It's no longer (laughs) ethnicity. It's what color belt you are in karate. A purple two stripe. (laughs) Okay, okay, (laughs) sir, you have a good day now. (laughs) (laughs) At a like little traffic stop. That's kind of funny, actually. He was good. He was. He was. uh, He looked the part. He looked very cartoony. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like him and Christina Ricci just kind of look like anime characters, especially when they gave him that mustache. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, he looked he, like Grandpa Mario. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He does look like Grandpa Mario. That is really good. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. It fit him. I like John Goodman. I, I'm with you, too. He's he's good in everything. And that might be a Coen Brothers thing for me. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I've seen anything where he did not at least for him, like ace his role. Like he, he is, he is a great actor. He is he always on it. it and he, he executes very well. Look at him in, uh, the, the community guest spot where he plays the, the air conditioner. I mean, oh, it's just, it's dude, that's so, just good. so funny. So that good. So funny. Yeah. And, and I always felt like that was like a, uh, almost like a shout out back to scrubs with the janitor, mm. but oh, yeah. John Kamu was better. 
Like, He's so good. Like that whole that whole transaction that would always happen. It was just always better, and how he would always try to get uh oh, what's his name? Uh, Troy. Troy, yeah, there you yeah. go. Troy, Charles Gambino. <laughs> Whenever yes. you got Troy to like <laughs> try to go to the HVAC side, yeah, no, that was good. He was like uh, kings of the AC. He had been better than he had any right to be, like just doing that small little bit part. He's yeah, he he crushes it. Anything, he yeah, does. yeah. It it feels like his dedication to this role definitely comes from the school of the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because th- that seems like the wacky type of character that he would play. I mean, look that. at him in uh. Raising Arizona. No, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or uh, if you want to do like another wacky kind of guy. Uh, um, Lebowski. Oh, well, I was going to say Walter from Lebowski, but I was also going to say, uh, oh, brother, where out thou? I can't remember his character's name, but he had like the cyclops. one eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, yeah. Yeah. He was the Cyclops in it, but he, uh, oh no, he killed, he killed the toad. <laughs> and then, uh, I wanted to talk about the ending because it's so, um, once again, goes full to Warkowski and speed enters a state of full gnosis as he transcends his body and the car (laughs) and becomes one with the sport of racing and finds harmony and bliss with the universe. And it makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of the more heady, uh, stoner type concepts. Um, definitely something that you would expect from the people that did the matrix movies, mm-hmm. not something you would necessarily expect from a speed racer movie, but it fits. And with all the fractals and the colors, and it was just, I couldn't think of a, a better way to end that movie. I was very happy with that ending. Um, him just kind of giving up to uh thinking and and existing in the moment and uh it's not about racing it's i think that that's a metaphor to life or doing anything or love or creation and kind of um looking past your physical form or or whatever and existing in a different place like i said like gnosis and uh i thought that was really fucking cool it's not about if racing never changes it's that we never let racing change us. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You might that's as well it. just fucking hit that stop button right that's now. <laughs> God damn. How am I supposed to say anything after what Pato just said that should probably be written down in a fucking book of like poetry? Jesus. And then, <laughs> and then this was just laid on me. Like this. Sh- like I just felt like I was just handed two tablets. What do I do with this? Like. Do I go to a mountaintop? Do I scream it? You know, watch Speed Racer. Watch it. You have to. It's in stone. Give your, give your, uh, I'll tell you how we'll end it. Give your social media. If anyone has anything else to say. Okay. Give your, uh, give your social media uh, links so that everyone could, could follow you and uh, pick an arbitrary date right now for you to do the next half hour of power. And and we're going to hold you to it. I will. I I will wrap up my thoughts on this movie and then give my give my plug. I it is. It's one of my all timers. I was blown away when I watched it the first time. I've seen it a few times now, and then this time watching it again. You're right. The ending worked for me. The emotional beats of the movie worked on another level. Seeing it uh, for you know not the first time because you know I come into a movie a lot of times. I'm just like a country bumpkin. I'm just blown. Whoa, look at these colors. It's so <laughs> bright and cool. And like I love that about it. I love not having to 
pick something apart and just kind of be in, just sit there and watch it and just be blown away by, by what I'm seeing. It's like, like I said, it's like taking your eyes on vacation. It really is just the, I've never seen anything like it. Just the, the anime come to life. It's something that just really clicked. I want to live in this world. I love it. Um, I give you, you know, 10 out of 10 for a score. And uh, for my plugs, um, you find me, just find me on Twitter at Riggs815. I mean, I plug everything there. I do a stream on, uh, on usually on Wednesdays, Happy Hour with Riggs, where I do a power half hour. I'm going to say, when is this coming out, this show, this episode? This will probably drop a uh, week from today. Week from today, so the, the 30th. 30th. Um, you know, I'll commit to it. I'll do the, uh, the next power half hour I'll do will be on that day, the 30th, because I have been doing it Mondays or Wednesdays. So I'll do it that Monday, next Monday, the 30th, which will be today that you're hearing this. Although Tune that Wednesday, that Wednesday, the first we have DCC. I know. It's always I'm, funny when you come on drunk. I know. That's fuck true. up everything. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it both days. <laughs> That's always my favorite. I could don't, do give, one- don't give this man beer and fireball spells. The fuck no, that's true. I'll blow everybody up. I'll blow everybody up. <laughs> but just uh, follow me, Riggs A15, and you'll find out when I'm doing it. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Cool. Right. Huzzah. Huzzah.